All right, let's not overthink it. We just have to get started. Today, we're in episode 14 of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. The music that we have had playing this month, it continues to evolve, right? Good, great. Except this is the last episode for the month of May, apparently. There are only four episodes this month, only four Thursdays. So we'll have some new music next month. We'll have to do a big switch. We'll see what we do. I don't have any thoughts yet because it was a surprise to me that this was the last Thursday of the month, but we'll save that for another time because we have a lot to get to today. Everyone seemed to have a lot of feelings about last week's episode. Who knew that puzzles could start such a conversation? And on that note, well, as I've alluded to here, you gave me a lot to work with when it comes to puzzles. I received texts about puzzles. We had some comments about puzzles. People were telling me on Twitter about puzzles. My inbox, I don't know if I mentioned inbox among those already. Everyone had opinions about puzzles. Huh. Relatability corner. You know, it's the things you don't think about that suddenly you find yourself really thinking about. So I want to explore a subset of the replies that I received and do a summary of some of the conversations I had with people about puzzles because, well, I asked you for a reason, whatever that reason might have been, you certainly helped me see puzzles in a new light. One of the people I heard from was childhood friend Brad, who wanted to let me know that his mom does puzzles, not just in general, but does about one per week, like the 500 piece puzzle. Now, that's probably actually a good thing for one's mental health. I mean, puzzles, they say, is a, it's a good thing to pursue, whether it's these sort of tabletop puzzles or things like Sudoku or whatever the case is, that's great. But what I thought was really interesting about Brad's mom and how she pursues puzzling is that the puzzles she gets come from Goodwill. Cool. All right, we're recycling. It also costs like 50 cents to grab a puzzle from Goodwill, allegedly. And then after, and this is the big thing, right? My whole, not my whole thing with puzzles, but one of my primary issues with puzzles is that I don't know what you do when you're done. But in the case of Brad's mom, she will get them from Goodwill. She will do the puzzle and then she will bring it back to Goodwill to donate. So someone can do the puzzle again. That's awesome. But one thing I thought about in all of that was this, you get your puzzle secondhand from Goodwill. How infuriating is it when you get near the end of that puzzle and go, there are pieces missing, and you spent all of that time doing a puzzle that you could never have the satisfaction of completely finishing. There's my counterpoint. And I pointed this out to Brad, however, and Brad said that what his mom will do is when she returns the puzzle to Goodwill, circle on the outside of the puzzle box where it shows what it's supposed to look like when it's done, where the missing pieces are. So the next person who gets it can go into it with the expectation that there are pieces missing and know which pieces are missing. And that seemed like a nice thing to do. So the next person who gets that puzzle, it's not gonna be me, I'm still not convinced to pursue puzzles in this way, but so that the next person who gets that puzzle, well, they can go into it knowing what they're getting into a little bit more. That felt like a nice thing. So thanks, Brad, for letting me know. That's a good way to recycle puzzles and to pay it forward. So kudos to your mom for that. And also, we had a thought here. This also came in by text from, and I did not know she watched or listened to this show, my mother-in-law, 
Huh. Also didn't know that she does puzzles. Things I didn't know. Also really likes them. And agrees though, did agree with me. Yes, they do just go back in the box most of the time when you're done. Kind of sad. Yeah. We were on the same page about that, and I actually, this was after I had the conversation with Brad about how his mom works with puzzles, what she does, and I pointed out, well, you know, you could always donate it to, like, a Goodwill. Here we are, spreading the good word of puzzle sharing, and it turns out, though, that my mother-in-law actually will just give the completed puzzles, once they are disassembled and put back in the box, to her sister to do the puzzles, so, hey, paying it forward one way or the other... I guess that's one way to think about it. Maybe you bond over the challenge that was that puzzle at some point. Cool. All right. That's a nice bonding thing. Fair. Even if you don't do the puzzle together, it's like you did it together, but separately. Might be a nice thing. So, all right. Puzzles. Great. I'm still not going to start doing puzzles, like I said, but I'm happy for all of you who are out there able to do puzzles. I did, however, last week, on top of puzzles, we had the first ever neighbor watch and we explored the great tent city mystery and we'll have some follow-up on that in a couple of minutes here but first i want to talk about what was the prompt for this week's episode for relatability corner puzzles was technically a couple weeks ago but we had to do some follow-up there i asked you this last week to complete the following sentence all right my neighbors are blank and the choices you had were yikes, true neutrals, or pretty neat. We had a good number of votes coming for this one again, so hey, thank you if you voted. But I will add an additional bit of thanks for those of you who left comments on this one, because you helped me see this in a new way. And there were quite a few of you who commented on the Twitter poll this week, so thank you for that. We had one come in here from Heather Jane on Twitter, tweets at Owens Daughters. I literally never see them, her neighbors, I literally never see them, so I'm starting to think they don't exist. Maybe I'm living in an experiment. Heather, we're all in a simulation. We're all in a simulation, and it's all about your neighbors, Heather. Oh god, your lack of neighbors. Alright, having some fun, but okay, interesting. I suppose it is possible to never see one's neighbors. They could keep to themselves, and we'll get more on people keeping to themselves in a bit here. Another bit of feedback came from Lee Brontide over on Twitter, tweeting at Ammonite Inc. had this to say, wait, which neighbors? The old widow next door who gives me firewood is chill. The couple with the baby on the other side are actively helpful and cool. All right. The ex-cop across the street can eat rocks. All right. Well, looks like we're dealing with some good neighbors and some challenging neighbors. And on that point, I never actually shared with you the results of the poll, so why don't we break it down, because I did give you three options this time. It does seem that even despite the feedback we got here from a couple of people in the comments, true neutrals, 51.7% of the vote. So most of you who responded to this, eh, you know, your neighbors aren't building tent cities and creating some sort of grand mystery outside. They're not uh, in the category of can-eat-rocks. They're also not necessarily the world's most benevolent, friendly, fun people, insofar as you know. True neutrals, right? Okay, so 51.7%. But after true neutrals, it turns out that people are, allegedly, 
more likely to be in the can-eat-rocks category of yikes. That was 34.5%, with only just under 14% of people saying that their neighbors are actually pretty neat. Alright, fair. We had another comment from Sue, was in the yikes category with their neighbors. Thank you, Susan Burdorf. We appreciate your reply there. And then Kim. All right, Kim, I've mentioned Kim in past episodes. Tweeting at Lechego My Ego had a lot to say about neighbors here. Strap in. Kim, like us here, like Lacey and I, they live in a townhome. So they only have windows to look at our other neighbors, okay? There's three neighbors that they can see in their courtyard. Great, cool. One neighbor walks her two dogs separately each day so she can have a cigarette with each one. That's a character study, okay? Write that down if you're a writer. That's someone worth, you know, playing around with in a thousand words or so to see where you go. That's kind of interesting to me. I don't know if that makes them a true neutral or not. Maybe. I don't know. How do we feel about it? Time to explore, at least on your own time anyway. Also adds, though, Kim here does. Another neighbor has a man friend that visits every day and warns us that people will steal our garbage if we leave it out at night. Overnight anyway. And then there's this sporty, youngish couple who Kim and her significant other will call Chad and Stacy, fun, who, and quote, I think may have wanted to bond with us over being youngish couples, but they neglected to consider that my husband and I are computer room trogs who don't socialize in the meat space. We're those neighbors. So aside from... Aside from some great turns of phrase here like computer room trogs and meat space, I started thinking about how Kim and her husband must appear to those neighbors. And it's either got to be as true neutrals or maybe yikes, because maybe those neighbors just want to be friends, like Kim says. But the fact that Kim and her husband just prefer to do their own thing could come across a million different ways. It'd be really interesting to do a neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor survey just in a general sense. I'm not saying anyone should do this. In fact, this thing's probably already happening over on the Nextdoor app, which as we know is a treasure trove of joy. Uh, so, hey, I don't know, fun experiment talking about neighbors. That does bring me though, to something that I know you're all waiting for. Tent City and Neighbor Watch. And excuse me, my allergies are bad today. You can see me scratching my eyes a lot. I'm trying really hard not to do it, but here we are. It's, it's 80 some degrees in Wisconsin this week, at least where I am in Wisconsin. We've got some good weather, everything's blowing around. Don't worry about it, neighbor watch. Here we go, okay? I threw a lot of theories out last week about neighbor watch, right? And a quick recap is that they were erecting tents in their yard that I can see from my office, right? And at first I was like, oh, they're, you know, just gonna put up a tent and they're gonna test it out before they take it somewhere maybe. But then it seemed like they would throw the tent up, they leave it out there for days, take one tent down, put up a new tent, rather than putting up all the tents at once to test them while it was supposed to rain for a few days, it really blew my mind because they never engaged with the tents, at least over the course of a three to four day span. They just kept building them and taking them down and building them and taking them down. What were they doing? Were they trying to summon uh, their fearless leader? Are they part of some cult? What's happening over there? I gave some extra details last week and we won't rehash all of them. You can listen to the episode, but the tent city was the great mystery at hand. Now, Friday morning, right? Here I am, minding my own business. It's between, I don't know, sometime between 5 and 7 a.m. I'm in the office working on things. And I look outside, right? Because something's moving out there, and it's a truck. They got a truck, and on top of this truck is something I did not know existed over in that space. And that is 
a canoe. A canoe, of course, a canoe. Cool, I wish I had a canoe. We wish we had some kayaks, whatever. But they got this canoe, it's on top of their truck. And what are they loading into the truck? They're loading in their tents. And full disclosure, the previous day, I did see them finally out there inspecting the last, what would prove to be the last of the tents that was erected out there doing an inspection because they had also left this one out in the rain on a separate day. They got lucky, I guess, with a long stretch of rain there and sealing it up in spots where it was leaking. So neighbors, it turns out that the tent city mystery was the simplest explanation, the simplest one all along. And that's that they were just testing it for waterproofness before going on vacation or a camping trip or something over Memorial Day weekend. And in all fairness, I had simply forgotten that Memorial Day weekend was coming up. It was a conversation I ended up having with my day job supervisor on Friday about how, oh yeah, by the way, Monday, we don't work, right? I mean, I'm working from home technically, but you know, just in theory, we don't work Monday. Hadn't even crossed my mind. All the dots get connected, everything comes together. I feel like a bit of a fool because folks, this is a lesson that I think we all need to learn, right? Whether it's with Tent City or pick literally anything that you see on the internet, I want you to think about Occam's razor, all right? What is Occam's razor? The idea is that the simplest explanation is often most likely to be correct. So hey, maybe next time when my neighbors are erecting a tent city, I'll trust my first instinct, which was they're probably just testing tents. Doesn't really matter how, they're just doing it. It was the simplest explanation and I should do that instead of coming up with, hmm, what we'll call conspiracy theories. The world's not out to get me. Their tent city wasn't out to get me. And guess what? The world's not out to get you with its vaccines and microchips and God knows what else you've convinced yourself of. So shh, okay? Occam's razor. Think about it. What's the simplest explanation? Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes people have very simple motivations, and it might be fun to sit around and conjure fun conjectures, make conjectures about the neighbors in their tent city. Pretty low stakes, if you'll pardon the pun, pretty low stakes operation with tent city, maybe not with some other things. So if you read something or watch something on the internet and go, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe they're doing that. Maybe they're not. Maybe the entire world isn't spinning in an attempt to throw you off. It's just kind of how it happened. Who to thunk? Now, okay, I've brought out the snark and that brings me to this last bit of our conversation, okay? And that is the question of, what now? Because Kim, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation at Lechego Mayago on Twitter, had this to say about last week's episode, and it's got me doing some real, we'll call it soul searching, but it's not that deep because this is just a podcast for fun on the internet. Kim said this, we had a couple of LMAO emoji followed by, this was just the sassiest episode and I capital letters loved it. 
Well, first, Kim, thank you. It seems that the world seemed to respond pretty positively to last week's episode. I had fun recording it. I was admittedly nervous about sharing it because here I was giving you my hot takes on puzzles and some other things that people enjoy that are just not really for me. And you know, in the day and age in which we live, with the internet and people just feeling free to interpret things sometimes however they would want, even if someone says something like, well, it's just not for me and this is why, yeah, some people like to take that and run with it and say, oh, you hate XYZ and therefore you are A, B, and C and pump the brakes on that, okay? Pump them real hard. Same conversation as the conspiracy theory thing. Pump those brakes. Anyway, the existential crisis, for lack of a better word, that this has brought me to is what's going to be our relatability quote-unquote corner for the coming week or so here. Should I be sassy? Is that what you want? Should it, really? Is that is that what we want? Do we want this to become hot take-a-sode after hot take-a-sode? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that as a regular thing, but I will say this. In my casual studies of the internet and internet culture, what seems to get the most interaction is content that generates outrage or low effort content that is about either affirmation or just reposting quotes from other more influential historical or cultural figures. Do I want to be part of that media landscape? Is that what we want this to become? I don't think we want to go full throttle that hard one way or the other because golly, there sure are enough people out there with their hot takes. And realistically, puzzles? I don't know. Is it a hot take when you're talking about puzzles? It's pretty low stakes stuff. And so what I'm trying to figure out is part of this relatability corner. And here's where the question lies for you. Do we want this to be about hot takes and being sassy? Or do we want to try to stick with the whole idea of living unscripted, unedited, and unafraid? And the third option here, because I think there is a third option, I want to leave more room for nuance now, is is it possible to do both? Can we live unscripted, unedited, and unafraid while also letting ourselves be sassy and getting those hot takes out there? Probably. I'm going to have to find a fine line to walk there. Maybe it's about exploring relatability corner, because that seems to be something that people are, huh, relating to. But we do it about these low stakes things that people might actually have pretty strong opinions about. And then, you know, we see where we fall. Maybe that's, maybe that's something we strive for. And then from that, we try to distill a lesson like we did today a little bit with our 10th city mystery now resolved. And as it turns out, Occam's razor is the way to go. I don't know. I'm going to ask you, and we'll see what you think. I can't promise this is a true democracy. If you happen to choose something over on Twitter that I don't really care for, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want anyway. But I will take your feedback and your comments into consideration as always. So, that behind us, thank you for joining me for episode 14 of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. The next episode... June 4th. June 4th already. We're going to be in June by the next time, by, by the next time one debuts. 
news to me, as I said at the top of the episode. If you want to get in touch with me before then, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram as at IMRRCampbell. You've got my email address of justmewithrr at gmail.com. I don't know. Patreon still exists. Patreon.com slash JustMeWithRR. I don't know. I might kind of abandon that for a little while. We'll see. Now that I've said that, it's going to give fodder for people who are considering to not get on board. But you know, if you want to show some support in that form, cool. That'd be great. Maybe it'll get me uh, even more motivated to do some of that separate content just for patrons. But you know, again, as always, subscribe on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, leave those readings and reviews. Give me that thumbs up like. Here I am, dancing for my dinner for all of you folks right now on the internet. I really do appreciate those of you who have subscribed and like past videos. And thank you as always for those quality ratings and reviews. And really more importantly, more important than any of, any of that, thank you for your comments. We wouldn't have had the conversation we had today if it were not, if it weren't for your, we wouldn't have had the conversation we're having today without your comments about puzzles and about neighbors. So keep it coming, folks. We will see what we get next week. I may have some surprises in store. Yeah, time pending. But until then, live unscripted, live unedited, and live unafraid.